Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, Screen the Screener College Basketball listeners out there. Thank you for carving out some time for the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast. We are going to continue our 2017-2018 team series preview with another insight on another excellent team looking forward. Mike and I are trying to give as much information as we can out to our listeners out here, and we hope that you're appreciating the type of insight, the valuable uh, information, and the level of intimacy that you are getting from each one of these programs. Our next stop is going to take us down south, and it was kind enough for Dana Caldwell of the Fort Myers News Press and the Naples Daily News to give us a few minutes about Florida Gulf Coast. That's right. Hashtag Dunk City. Um, if you like what you're listening to, you can follow Dana at capital N, uh, capital N D N underscore D Caldwell. He is fabulous uh, and gave us an unbelievable amount of information and insight on the program and how the preseason is shaping up for Florida Gulf Coast. We talked about players they have coming back, a little bit of their schedule. He tells you to circle a couple of dates on your calendar, and he also prescribes uh, what to do during the holiday season. So if you're looking forward to the college basketball season as much as Mike and I are, then you are going to enjoy this conversation with Dana Caldwell of the Fort Myers News Press and the Naples Daily News. Cheers, salacha, gratulatia, enjoy. All right, Screen the Screener podcast listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in again. We're going to continue our team series preview this particular preseason for the 2017-2018 season. And luckily, we have Dana Caldwell from the Fort Myers News Press and the Naples Daily News. You can find Dana at NDN underscore D Caldwell. So please hit him up there. He will give you all sorts of insight on the Florida Gulf Coast and Atlantic Sun Conference. Dana, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Uh, I got you said something about your closing the windows because the yard was being mowed. I got that out of the way this morning, and uh, you know it's a, it's a little different over here. After Gannett bought us, so I'm doing more high school stuff. So I got my two high school advances written. So I'm I'm more than happy to talk about some FGCU basketball. Perfect. That sounds great. Uh, continue your good work on the high school front as well. Let's not ignore those uh, high school student athletes there. Yeah, I appreciate that. They kind of like high school football down here in Southwest Florida. Yeah, just a little bit, right? <laughs> Uh, just, just a tad. It seems like Florida Gulf Coast just has an unbelievable roster coming back after a, a really unique comeback season. They played Florida Florida State ultra tight in the NCAA tournament last year and really made a difference. And they have a lot of these players coming back. So I think if we're going to start a conversation about Florida Gulf Coast, I think it has to start with Brandon Goodwin, right? No, no question about that. Let me correct you just real quick on one thing. They they lost to Florida in the season opener in Jacksonville last year. Yeah, they were down by five uh, at the half and then kind of got blown out of the water in the second half. And, you know, like you said, they played uh, they played a well of a game against uh, third-seeded Florida State in Orlando. Uh, they ended up losing that 86-80. to 80. But it was tit for tat the whole entire way. And you're exactly right, Brandon Goodwin. Uh, I believe you had 27 points in that game. That is where everything starts and finishes with FGCU, even though it's, uh, I think you mentioned earlier in just us talking, it's a ridiculous roster, and it truly is for a for a true mid-major, and especially, uh, you know, what many would consider a lower mid-major. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of excitement over here. Brandon Goodwin, uh, man, he's, he's something special, guys. Uh and not just on the floor. He's uh, one of the most hardworking people that uh, any of these coaches have ever been around. Uh, one of the 
gracious, kind, just intelligent, uh, always has time for you type kids. Uh, he's a great teammate, picks people up. He's the chatty guy. There aren't a lot of leaders on this team. He's kind of it. Um, but, yeah, Brandon Goodwin, he's a special talent. Uh, he's excellent with the ball. Probably more of a true two-guard, but, man, he runs the point really well. Uh, I believe he had 139 assists against 72 turnovers. He had 41 steals. The guy can shoot. The guy can drive. He's got confidence through the roof. Uh, he's been a, and, uh, the guy that teams have wanted him with the ball in his hands at the end of games, and that dates back to high school, but also to his uh, two seasons at UCF. Just can't really say enough good things about that guy. He tested, uh, he dipped his toes in the NBA draft waters, you know, just to kind of see if he could get some feedback. And he, he pretty much got almost none. It was kind of a discouraging deal for him, I think. But, uh, you know, he's a 6'2 guard, you know. So there's that. But, I mean, he averaged 18.5 points in his first FGCU season last year. And the only guy to come even close to that during the uh, Division One era, which began in 07, was uh, Mark Eddie Norelia's 17.1 points when Mark Eddy was himself two seasons ago. I was going to say, he's one of the big losses that you're losing for this particular roster and was really a difference maker. Yeah, but just to, to finish up on Goodwin, it seems like he had just an unbelievable season with such high usage. I mean, you said that he has the ball in his hands. He shot over 50%. How is he going to deal? Uh, is he going to be able to deal with like the double and triple teams that are going to come his way this year? Is that going to limit his offensive production? Or can you see him maturing as, you know, growing into that point guard role that he might need to do to, you know, further his interest in the NBA and maybe get his teammates more involved or, or you know, find his way through those double and triple teams. I'm, I'm not sure we'll ever see a triple team. I'm, I'm not sure how many doubles we'll see. And I mean, I got to be honest, Gus, uh, there's no weak link on this team. Uh, there's nobody to really, you know, drop off of to, to double him. And that, that includes, uh, you know, Christian Terrell, he's going to be a fourth-year senior starter there at the two-guard. And also uh, Zach Johnson, uh, 6'2", uh, fourth-year junior, uh, second scoring last year with 11.1 points a game, a real, real talent there. Uh, and then you got the bigs, man, you know, starting with Ricky Dole from Michigan. So I'm not sure how much double-teaming we're going to see. We did see some last year, last season. Yeah. But, uh, you know, obviously it didn't really affect him much at all, and, and he's not a selfish guy. He'll uh, he'll drive the lane and dish it back out. Uh, you know he's uh, he's smart. He, he looks for his chances. He he uh, he really really looks at his teammates. So I, I don't think that's going to be a particular problem. It, you know what? That's a great point due to the 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 talent that's on this roster. And you mentioned Christian Terrell. He's one of the leaders. He's been around this program forever. Can you talk about what type of uh, leadership and and what type of role he has on the team as one of those team leaders that's been in the program for a while? Christian is uh, not a super-duper vocal guy on the floor. Uh, he leads a lot by example. Um, I, I think off the floor, uh, well, I don't think, I know, you know, these, these cats all really like him. Um, they, they all respect him and, and, you know, genuinely like him. He's, uh, he's an interesting guy. He's a real clean-living guy that's a lot of fun. Um, but, but Christian, uh, you know, he's a lefty, and uh, his, his whole thing coming in was what a great pure shooter he is, and he's a fantastic pure shooter, but He's also unique in that he's 6'5", and uh, he'll often play the point. And uh, when he's not playing the point, he almost plays a, a small point forward. Sure. So you'll off, yeah, you'll also off the FGCU uh, feed the ball down to Christian, and then he uh, takes it from there and drops it off to a big. So uh, he's a real versatile guy, again, fourth-year starter. Uh, you know, they've kind of been waiting on him to just really, really explode. And, uh, you know, I think, 
you know, maybe some extra attention to uh, to Goodwin this season. You know, again, I'm not certain about double and triple teams, but everybody's going to be watching every movie he makes. And, you know, and Christian could be uh, could be a real difference maker there. You know, he could really light it up. Again, uh, he's capable of 30-point games. Hasn't really done that yet, but he's capable of it. He's definitely one to keep an eye on. And you got to love those guards that have been around in the program forever. They're just so trusted, and you know the coaches can trust them. And speaking of the coaches – um, coach Joe Dooley has had some offers like any successful mid, mid-major coach was going to have, but he remained in Florida. Can you talk about what makes Coach Dooley one of the best mid-major coaches and just one of the coaches that gets the most attention? And how has he helped like Florida Gulf Coast remain, like retain that like talent, its swag, the aura, and, and kept like the, I, I guess, the feeling of like hashtag Dunk City? Well, it's, it's it's an interesting story. Um, Andy Enfield, obviously the uh, more of a loosey-goosey coach that took him to the 2013 Sweet 16 in the second season, now doing some really, really impressive things over at USC. Uh, a whole different mindset. Practices would be about an hour and a half, maybe an hour and 45 minutes. Uh, the defense was trap, 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 steal, gamble, go, go, go. Uh, there weren't a lot of set plays. Uh, you know, you, you see a lot more ball screens now and stuff like that out of, out of Dooley. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a pretty good here's a pretty good example of the culture change. As I remember watching the first FGCU practice with Joe Dooley, and I watched quite a few of them that year. And you may remember Brett Comer, the the maestro of Dump City, he was the point guard. Bernard Thompson was uh, behind Sherwood Brown, was uh, the, the the second leading scorer. And I remember those guys, man. Joe actually had them on their I want to say hands and knees, but they had to put their hands on a towel and do these strange crawls up and back up and back, up and back, up and back the floor. And those boys just, they almost just got up and quit. It was a pretty rough first season. They won the, uh, yeah, yeah, they won, yeah, they won the A-Sun uh, uh, regular season title. Actually, they tied it with a very good UNF team that year. But, you know, it, they they weren't right. They weren't right. And uh, they weren't really right the next season either. But these, Joe Dooley, the reason they're so good, is Joe has introduced some elements into this thing, uh, one of them being toughness, uh, another one being a, a very fundamentally structured offense. Um, you know, people can debate uh, which one might be more fun to watch, et cetera, but he does not slow them down. There was a real misconception for a while that he's pulling the reins back on these cats. No, man, he doesn't mind alley-oops. He wants people to hit in transition as soon as they get a rebound, go, go, go. He's up yelling red face, go, go, go. Uh, so a lot yeah. of that dunk city style and swagger has has remained because of that, and also because uh, you know he, he can recruit a little bit. Um, you know, it, you look it's, at it seems that way. Yeah, yeah, he's uh, you know, and, and a lot of this roster are guys like uh, you know I mentioned Ricky Dole out of Michigan, uh, and Travis mm-hmm. Simmons is probably going to be a starter at uh, either power forward or center, and he's out of you know VCU. Uh, Michael Gilmore is going to be a major player when he's ready to go on December twenty third. Uh, out of BCU in Miami. So there's a roster full of those guys. And I, I have to say that, that one reason Joe's recruiting has been so strong is Michael Fly, who uh, came here with, with infield, has really created some super strong Florida ties. And the AAU coaches, the high school coaches, they're they're in there with their teams in Lico Arena for game night and for all sorts of things at all times. And uh, they really are able to get these Florida kids. If they miss on them the first time, which they're not doing as much as they used to, but if they miss on the first time, they know they've got a good home to come to where you can really play. And, uh, you know, 
this seems this program is going to win. You're going to go to the NCAA tournament almost every year. Also, Joe brought uh, rebounding wasn't a super big deal under Andy while he was here. He didn't have any size, so, you know, that might be a big big part of that. But, uh, again, a real emphasis on toughness, hard-nosed, tough, tough, toughness, and uh, and rebounding, which have been two of the biggest uh, probably changes with Joe. And he's really good at that, man. He's he's really good at that. He's obviously coached under Bill Self, uh, Frischilla, uh, really, really good resume. Knows his stuff. Knows everybody in the business. It seems. You know, this this should be his last season here. I, I kind of thought last season might be, but a lot of people have had this season circled on their calendars for a lot of years, including me. And I yep. expect them to blow it up this year. And you know, the right situation, Joe wouldn't be here right now. But uh, the right situation hasn't come along. But I uh, I suspect a, a really great situation is coming his way after this season. Yeah, I, I would predict that as well. It always seems like when a mid-major coach such as Coach Julie has like sustained success, it's only a matter of time until uh, a bigger school, a bigger program, a larger opportunity calls. And it, it seems like that might be the script that follows Joe, uh, Coach Julie. But you mentioned a couple of the bigs, but I was wondering if you can just talk about um, – Michigan transfer Ricky Doyle just a bit more because he's like the needed big that, you know, we're talking about a deep run for this team. Every team that makes a deep run needs, you know, obviously quality guards, which we've talked about before with uh, Goodwin and Terrell, but you need that quality big to take up some space. It seems like this team definitely has enough size since uh, Ricky Doyle is a big uh, school transfer coming down a level. How much of an impact do you think he's going to have in the Atlantic Sun? Enormous. Uh, he's six foot ten, two hundred sixty-five pounds. Uh, big, big boy. Yeah, and he started most of his two seasons at Michigan, and it wasn't that the kid couldn't play; he just really didn't fit into that style. Ricky, uh, who by the way is from Fort Myers, he went to Bishop Moreau here. Um, but, but Ricky, uh, he's an old school back to the basket guy. Now he can he can hit the uh, he can hit the jumpers, and I think we'll see some of that this year, especially with uh, big, big giant uh, and Travis Simmons uh, in the lineup alongside him. But uh, Ricky, uh, he had a real sleep apnea problem that really just now is, is I think, totally under wraps now. He was diagnosed with that late in his tenure at uh, Michigan. And I mean, you know, the kid was sleepwalking on three hours of sleep and just couldn't figure out why he didn't have energy and why I was tired all the time. And so he was diagnosed with that. And soon after left Michigan, and he's been really good here, man. Uh, the guys love him in practice. Uh, he's obviously a really, really good player. He's super humble, man. Uh, I've covered Arkansas, Purdue, Indiana, and it is so refreshing to be around these kids uh, for the last dozen years. They're just extremely humble, and, and I'm not sure you know, exactly why that always happens, but even the big-time guys that come in, they, they seem to remain humble. But but who had a problem last year where uh, his appendix burst, and there was some sort of uh, strange sack that developed around it. And he had, uh, obviously, severe pain from that and went in and had to have an emergency surgery. So he missed a uh, month and a half or so of workouts last year. But he's absolutely good to go. And, you know, this one's going to be the player of the year in the A-Sun. I don't see much any way around it. But uh, Doyle will be your newcomer of the year and, you know, might actually contest Brandon for that spot because there's nobody like him. And the, there's nobody like him at the Atlantic Sun. Wow. 
What a backstory yeah. on him. I mean, obviously, we're hoping for, uh, you know, we always hold hope dearly, dearly here, and we hope that he just finds health, and then that health is followed by enormous success for sure. I think he's on track for both those things. Oh, perfect. Um, that, that's that's nice to hear for such a nice, humble young man, student athlete, like you mentioned. You, you know, can you just touch one on one more player um, who we didn't really talk about? Another gifted backcourt player that Florida Gulf Coast has coming back is Zach Johnson. Just just how good is this 6-2 combo guard? And do you think that Coach Julie is going to play Johnson, Terrell, and Goodwin together a bunch? Or is he going to come yeah. off the bench? Or what's his role? I, I, I think that uh, you've got the starting guards there. You know, it's going to be Goodwin, Terrell, and I think without question, Zach. Zach is, uh, Zach's been a little bit of an enigma, man. He uh, When he came in as a true freshman, he, uh, mm-hmm. because of injuries, was forced to take over the point. And, uh, you know, it's a little difficult to do when you're a combo guard even in high school. But uh, but he handled it pretty well, so he's adept at the point. Uh, he's better at the two. Um, Zach is a very streaky three-point shooter. Uh, he can absolutely blow you away with three, four of them in a row. Barely look at it, turn around jumpers in the corner, falling down. And he might miss seven or eight in a row. But he also has the ability to absolutely drive downhill. He's only 6'2". But, you know, when you play in the A-Sun, a lot of times your competition is 6'1", you know, 6 foot. And, man, you can take those guys to the bucket. And uh, just time after time after time again, I've, I've seen him score, oh, probably 14 consecutive points off drives. So uh, so he's a, he's a real super big element to this thing. Again, if teams consider doubling or – I can't see it, but possibly tri- tripling a good one. Zach will eat right. him up, man. Yeah, yeah. It's, it sounds like it's going to be an impossible problem to game plan against this Florida Gulf Coast team. Um, hey, do you think that you can just talk a little bit about, like, what the what is the home court advantage and what is the vibe there at Alco Arena? Like, how are, – are, I mean, after last season, is it is it uh, do we have like this this feverish pitch again? Like, give, give us a little thumbnail sketch of what it's like at a home game for Florida Gulf Coast. It's a Lico. Uh, totally understand you not knowing that. Very few people probably do outside of Southwest Florida. But it's a Lico Arena. It was built in uh, 2002 when the program started. Isn't that amazing, guys? That's 15 years ago when the first team actually practiced outside on chain nets. Um, but but it's a it's a 4,500 seat arena. They they can squeeze in about uh, you know 4,800 or so standing room only, and then that's pretty much what it always is. Obviously, that gets back to the 2013 Sweet 16 run, but there's been no lapse in enthusiasm uh, since that time, um, even though, you know, the Dooley teams of the first year or two weren't necessarily that entertaining, but uh, they, they really are now. But I kind of liken it to, I covered Purdue and, and IU in the 99-2000 season, and one of my favorite places to go was Northwestern. Uh, little gym, yep. I believe, uh, seats 8,100 people. And, uh, man, it gets loud in there. It just gets loud in there. You don't have all that, uh, all that acoustical room to try to fill up. You know, they're, they're just tight confines. Uh, as far as fans go, they have, uh, FGCU has a really a fantastic little, uh, student, student fan club. They're called the Dirty Birds. Um, Dirty Birds. Yeah. Gotta love that name. Yeah, man. And they, uh, they, they sit behind the basket and they are, Super vocal. They're very creative. Uh, you know, I liken them to. Uh, uh, seriously, I've, I've covered games at Duke, and they're not totally unlike the uh, the Dukies over there. Um, that, but anyway, but you, so you've got that's a, a nice comparison. 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, uh, you know, we, demographically, this isn't exactly a young area. Um, and, and the first FGCU fans were usually snowbirds, uh, you know, folks up there, yeah. a little up there in age and stuff, but uh, they get into it quite a lot. But uh, a ticket to an FGCU men's basketball game has become a really hot item around here. And uh, it's uh, – I'm telling you, it, it gets really loud, guys. It, it just—I I don't know how you explain loudness, but it gets really loud. It reminds me of uh, when I covered Arkansas back in the day when they played in 9,000-seat uh, Barnhill Arena before they built big old Bud Walton Arena. It's just an intimate yeah. setting, and it's loud, and uh, it's a fantastic little arena. It really is. You should come check it out. I'd love to get down there and check out a game. And uh, Dana, we'll get you out of here on this one. Am I reading the schedule right? Are you? Are, is it true that Florida Gulf Coast is going to play Middle Tennessee, uh, UT Arlington, Wichita, and Rhode Island? I mean, that is a pretty stacked pre-conference lineup as, if we're talking uh, opportunities to get big wins early in the season here. Well, you left out a couple. Uh, Illinois State is the opener, and they actually had an RPI of, I believe, 49 last year. So FGCU has, I believe, seven teams uh, with a top 50 uh, RPI from the end of last season. And you also, you also left out. That's Wichita State, my man. That one. Oh. Man, that one. Let Cir- me tell you. Let me circle tell you. that one. Oh, no question about it. I really think it's going to be interesting now. Obviously, Wichita State is loaded. They've just got three uh, newcomers coming in. I think it looks like uh, one of Ford is going to redshirt. So they've got almost everybody back. Uh, FGCU lost 20 points and 15 rebounds from last season. So, you know, FGCU's about the same boat on that. One of the big questions for the Eagles on that one is, is, is will Gilmore, a 6'9 stretch board, the uh, nephew of Artis Gilmore, who I'm sure your audience has heard of, will he be good to go on December the 22nd? We're not sure. Right now, his. Uh, because of this transfer at semester of last year. Right now, that's uncertain. Uh, FGCU lost two weeks of school. The Eagles lost two weeks of practice because of Hurricane Irma. And he was originally mm-hmm. supposed to be ready to go in early, early to mid-December, and now the NCAA is saying December the 23rd. So it would be a real Ooh. shame if he misses that game over that. But I kind of think uh, logical minds are going to come together, and, and uh, I think things are going to work out. But either way, man, I look for the Eagles to put on a show there. Now, can they beat Wichita State 31-5 and last season, lost the second seed of Kentucky by three points in the NCAA tournament? I don't know, man, but uh, it's possible. I wouldn't put anything past them. I really wouldn't. And uh, anybody out there listening, man, you've got to tune into that game. That's going to be just fantastic. I am totally with you. I got that one circled on my, you know, view calendar as well. That I, that, that If you want to watch – college basketball and not just tune into the blue bloods that is a game to tune into for sure with florida gulf coast battling wichita state that's on december the 23rd so you know you'd be during your christmas break pull out some eggnog pour a little extra stuff in there sit back and uh should really enjoy yourself i, I i'm gonna take you up on that recommendation and that prescription that sounds perfect dana thank you so much <laughs> um <laughs> Screen to screener listeners out there, thank you so much for tuning in. And Dana, thank you for giving the, the podcast a couple of minutes here. If you're liking what you're listening to, you know, make sure you give us a five-star review and hit up Dana uh, on Twitter as well and follow his stuff at the Fort Myers News Press and the Naples Daily News. Um, Dana, we can't thank you enough for the insight on Florida Gulf Coast. Enjoy the season, and we will definitely tune in on the 23rd, and let's hope Gilmore is eligible for 
Hey, Gus, I appreciate it, man. And seriously, anytime, I'll be happy to hop on for a few minutes. This is no problem whatsoever. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much, Dana. Uh, we'll catch up soon. Be well. All right. Cheers, brother. Side. It's a seat of the man.